1: purchase necessary fully prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see your website for details it's time to talk some ball with one of the greatest players in Utah football history Bill Riley welcomes the beard Eric Weddle to the show weekly presented by Target River Marketing now here's Weddle with Riles right here on Utah's number one sports talk ESPN 700 our weekly conversation with uh, Eric Weddle here on the Bill Riley show Dub how are you? Doing incredible. Have you ever lost your voice when you played football? Because I'm asking because I lost mine the last two days. And I'm just kind of, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's important when you talk for a living. It's also important, (laughs) though, for you because you were the captain on a lot of your sides and you had to call out, you know, plays, formations, get guys in the right place. Did you ever play a game without a voice?
0: No, I, I, not, that doesn't. I, I don't recall a time uh, in, in in that instance where I couldn't talk. You know, I've been plenty of times. I've been sick and and that type of stuff where you have to play through it. But nothing where I couldn't uh, belt out what I needed to say to my teammates. I can tell you this that I've lost my voice after the next day from coaching my 12U team. <laughs> Holy smokes! That just tells you how much I was yelling throughout that day. Man.
1: I'm sure those kids were thrilled, too. Oh, good. Coach Weddle's voice is gone, man. Man, we were... Yeah, heck yeah. Probably uh, Gage, Gage especially.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, most of my time yelling is probably directed at him since he's calling the players on offense and defense. So, uh, but it'll be good for
1: him. He'll be better in the long run for us. So, what do you make of all this Urban Meyer news?
0: Man, holy smokes, uh you know it's uh the NFL is isn't like college uh in that mere aspect where you can't talk to the to the men like you may talk to college kids right uh it's not an authoritative position in the sense that you may feel that way in college and it may it's probably changed over the years i think uh, direction of you know the 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 generations that are coming through and you know, there's some hard-nosed coaches out there in college, in high school and whatnot, but in the NFL, that doesn't fly. And if you don't earn the trust and build that bond, that relationship where you treat these guys the way they're supposed to be treated, like men, like grown-ups, uh, it's not going to last. And it's unfortunate to see. I had a high hopes for him, uh, but I always felt that if he – brought what he did in college to the NFL, it would never work. And it's unfortunate, but they made the move, and they got to live with that decision.
1: Is is that generally the case? I mean, the guys that make that move from college to pro, do they just not embrace that pro mentality and that pro culture? They try to do it the same way they did at college?
0: Well, that's probably that's all they know. Uh, and so a lot of times coaches are too prideful to, to change what they're doing or what they learned or what they've had success with and try to mold players into that. You know, the greatest greatest coaches, the ones who listen, ones who have the ability to adapt, improvise, uh, and, and are willing to change. I mean, change is good for anyone if you're willing. And uh, the biggest, big part of that is willing. And I think a lot of coaches just aren't willing to do that. And they go in there and say, talk a certain way to players Uh, Say things that they shouldn't say, and at the end of the day, this isn't college. You're not owed to anything, right? Like this is a job, and you treat me a certain way. You you demand respect. You treat me like a man. Uh, You could say how bad of a football player I am, or what I need to do better, but personal attacks, this and that, it just it, it won't fly, you know. And and I've seen almost you know fights between players and coaches because of the mere fact of speaking uh talking to a player a certain way that is uncalled for so it doesn't surprise me uh you know it's just a hard transition the greatest college coach of all time uh argued argued arguably uh nick saban couldn't last in the nfl you know so it's just
1: not for everyone and another example is coach Meyer. If you had your druthers and you were going to be a head coach, either collegiately or pro football, which do you think would fit you better?
0: Uh, tough one. You know, I have a hard time wrapping my head around the, the recruiting and the schmoozing and all the stuff that goes on at the college level. Uh, it's hard for me to envision me going into a kid's house and trying to sell a program right trying to sell me as a coach like no you either want to come here or you don't and you you want to believe in what we offer you or you don't and that's why I tend to think maybe maybe the pros because it's just it's just business like, right it's, it's wins and losses it's, it's how great can we be everyone's there for the the, the the right reasons to be the best most reasons and if you're not then you're not you're not going to be there and it's as simple as that. And, and you get a, you get a cultural around an organization, an owner, a city, uh, it can be something special. You could have that in college, i you can't, but some of these kids nowadays, if you, if you don't get the right kids in the program, can have a dramatic effect on, on the not so right side of your program because they don't buy into the values and, and, uh, uh, things
1: that you that you envision and why as your program. What would surprise people the most about stepping inside a professional football team you know, on a day-in and day-out basis? I think we have our, our vision of what pro football is versus college football, but what, what do you think would surprise people the most if they spent, you know, if they, let's just say they spent a day within the Ravens facility shadowing Eric Weddle. What would be the most eye-opening thing for people do you think?
0: Man, uh, I don't think people understand how much time goes into every facet of a football team, right? Right. Uh, the re the rehab, the preparation, the working out, the practicing, the film, the eating. Uh, it's it's literally it's, for the great ones, right? It's it's a 5 a.m. till eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, and and you're and it's it's never ending. It's it's never stopping, and for the people that think, you know, because they don't know, and and that's and you know, all you see is Sundays, right? And you see a blown call or blown coverage or a missed tackle. It's 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 uh, it's hard to remind people that it is a game, but this these guys' livelihoods are on the line. They're, They treat it as such. They understand that if they have a bad game or a bad half season, they don't have a job anymore. And it's not like these guys aren't trying every ounce of energy, right. And pay and in time to be, to be the best. It just, you know, that the, something, sometimes the bad place happen. These, these guys are getting paid to do the, they're the elite of the elite. So I just think like just the time and effort as any job, I mean, it is a job, but it's, there's a lot that goes into it, a lot behind the scenes that no one really knows about. That would be cool for people just to see. Just tag along for a day, and I think people will get a big better appreciation of of really what goes on. Uh, to, to that equates to basically seven minutes of football when you when you time out. Five minutes of football when you time out. You know, four to six seconds of play, and you play sixty snaps. It's not very much, right? right?
1: But a lot goes into it. Yeah, and it's it's regimented day, as you said. There's not a lot of downtime, is there? If you're in, in the facility on a Wednesday or a Thursday, okay. I mean, you you mentioned five a.m., but I mean, it's meetings, it's nutrition, it's weightlifting, it's time on the field, it's more film study, it's more meetings. I mean, it's a pretty regimented day, right? Oh, percent. I mean, it's. I mean, a normal day would start around seven fifteen
0: uh meetings and that goes to about uh probably 10-ish then you maybe go out on the field you get a snack 10-minute snack then you go on the field for a walkthrough a 45-minute walkthrough and you come back in for more meetings then you grab lunch and then you're on the field for two and a half hours and then you come back you have about 30-45 minutes to rehab after practice then you're in for more meetings for another hour and a half and then your day's done so you're, you're looking the, there's not a lot of time where you're just twiddling your thumbs and not doing anything. It's, it's either you're getting stuff done and making your time useful or you're, you're not around.
1: How tough are Thursday night games for NFL players? Tonight, my Chiefs and the team you played oh, yeah. for once, the Chargers are playing. They both played on yeah. Sunday. Now they've got to turn around and play on a Thursday. I mean, from a, from a physical and a, and a toll on your body plus a preparation standpoint, and this is a big game tonight, how tough are Thursday games?
0: huge it's 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 miserable i mean the the amount of like i said time and energy you spend just trying to get your body back so you could be as best you can on a sunday game you're trying to expediate that process minus uh basically three days and thursdays i mean there there were thursday practices where i'm limping and hobbling around just to get my reps so I could see them, but I there's nowhere near I'm at, at the ability to play on a Sunday, and now you have to play that Thursday game. It's it's awful. It's miserable. Uh, it's just unfortunate that we have to do it, but that's the rules. And once you understand it, know you just mentally you kind of turn that switch and stop griping about it. But it's not it's not a fun week. I mean, you don't get your reps. Everything's a walk through. Everything's uh, fast forward in a sense you're doing two game plans per day you're not recalling any information for the game you're basically just going out and playing off instincts and hoping you don't screw up a coverage because you didn't have enough time to wreck it all week so that's why the quality on Thursday nights suck.
1: Yeah, and, and I guess the, the, the one upside here is these two teams have seen each other once already this year. So you've seen them once, so you have an idea. If it was a team you had never seen before or a team in a different conference, that might be more difficult. I guess there's the advantage of having played once, but still, it's not, it's not, it's not optimal. It's,
0: it's definitely not. It it's, uh, never has been, never will, but uh, when the powers that be – Decide what you're going to do, then you're like most businesses. You're the employee, and you do what they say, whether you like it or not.
1: Talking to our buddy Eric Weddle here on the Bill Riley Show today, brought to us by our friends at Target River Marketing. So I, I gave you a little bit of a homework assignment last week, Dub. Yeah, baby. I said, I said look, look at a little Ohio State tape, and uh, give give me your read on the the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes. So did you take the homework assignment and run with it?
0: I did, I did, I did. I watched some film. Watch what they do. Uh, I love the matchup. This is this is this is the best and most talented offense we we have faced today. And arguably, I mean, I don't think there's a team in any of the years past 20 years that has a, a, a triplet of receivers that are basically. I mean, the one guy's 30, 40 yards from a thousand. To have three receivers at a thousand yards, have a freshman running back having 16 touchdowns or whatever it is, over 1,000 yards, have a quarterback freshman. I mean, th- this is an explosive uh, electric offense. But as good as they are, uh, they do make mistakes. They do, uh, the, you know, those, those three receivers can make plays up the field with the ball in their hands, but, you know, what, after watching them. And, and I think it will be great for us, a huge advantage for us and Coach Scully. Is when they get lined up and they want to check in the line and change the play and see where we're in is a huge advantage for us because Morgan knows these formations and they know what their best plays are and he's building a plan to attack those formations right, put us in the best possible situation, whether it's two shell, whether it's disguising, whether it's roll coverage, whether it's you know bringing pressure, man zone. Too deep, trap coverage, all that all that type of stuff. Movement on the line, pick games, uh edge pressure. This quarterback's not he he wants to sit in there and throw the ball. You know, he's athletic and can run around, but I mean, running isn't his thing. You no know, send plays like a Mahomes type. Or the QB run game, I and mean, he's a he's not a big uh stature type of quarterback, like an Oregon guy who's gonna run and take those take those hits. They they don't they don't want you getting hit. Uh, so, if they get into a game like that, that's going to be a big advantage because Morgan's smart as they come, and he'll have a great game plan. I think the biggest thing for us is we got to be able to tackle well in space. There'll be a couple plays in that game where it'll be one on one and we either make that and, and save a touchdown or we don't and we got to give them different looks pre snap looks is going to be huge uh. Of, of disguising our looks. Never want, never want to give the same look on back to back plays, if that makes sense. You never want to yeah. show single high and then the next play you run single high. Again, whether it's man or zone, uh, you never want to do that. So always moving the coverages, moving your looks, bringing pressure, bringing zero at the right time, right? When it's called for, uh, getting those guys downhill and winning on first and second down is going to be critical. Uh, you know, getting those third and long situations where we can bring our pressure, bring our different looks uh, will be key. But I love the matchup, man. I, think, I know our guys, I know the secondary is fired up uh, to get after these guys. Uh, I know our front offensively. Uh, I think we're better than Michigan and, and Michigan blew a, a hole into their entire existence in that game, almost rushing for 300 yards. My goodness. I mean, that—that that is a recipe for disaster. Those Those... Uh man, I remember my freshman, or not my freshman, rookie year, we played in Minnesota and it's when Adrian Peterson rushed for 296 yards on us. <laughs> and I was on the field for that game in the first half. I was just playing dime at the time, dime linebacker. and I remember, like it was yesterday, they did a, like a counter right at me as a dime linebacker and I hammered that ball back as the guard pulled and I just took his knee out and AP cut inside, and I, I was on the ground, and I looked up, and all I saw was his head bobbing like a rhinoceros uh, down the middle of our defense. And it was the most humbling uh, performance that I've been a part of where I, single-handedly we, we couldn't stop the run. And that's what happened to Ohio State. So they'll be a little, they'll be better, but like I said against Oregon, you are what you are. Right. You're not, you're not all of a sudden going to be tough. You're not all of a sudden going to play the run better. You're not all of a sudden not going to get doubled seven yards down the field. Right. Like that's basically all they did was double double. We call it duo in the NFL. It's you double the two D tackles, you get movement. And once those backers fill those gaps, you come off and you just create a new line of scrimmage and that running back. I mean, I love it. I love our matchup. I think it's going to be an amazing game. I'll be there, be cheering them on and. Man, what a, what a great moment for our program, for our first Rose Bowl, to go against an amazing historic program going into their 17th Rose Bowl, I believe. And uh, we have a chance to go against the top seven team and smash them in the face.
1: I'm just cur- be I'm curious, though. We haven't seen a team that throws the ball the way Ohio State does. Nobody in the Pac-12 came close to throwing it that way. Three wide receivers that go for 1,000 yards this year. Is this, I mean, how, how much different is Utah's approach going to have to be in the secondary than what they've done much of this year?
0: Uh, you know, we we are who we are. We play the way we play. True. Uh, you know, I don't I don't feel like you want to change our identity, right, of the week of just because they have great – we got great cover guys, right? We got great scheme. We got great coaching. We got great players up front, like – I always feel and, and and played that I don't fear the offense. I want the offense to fear me. I want them to have doubt. What am I doing every snap? Right? Am I blitzing? Am I rolling coverage? Am I running to the post? Am I playing a short hole? Am I doubling? It, the unknown is the advantage for us as a defense. So they have they have all the talent they want. If you don't line up, protect, get your get your block protections out. Right, everyone on the same page, still executing it. It only takes one guy messing up or one guy winning on defense where we're successful. So uh, is it a daunting challenge? Of course it is. I mean, these guys are amazing uh, athletes, amazing system, great quarterback, all the stuff that you want to talk about. But I'll tell you this, uh, anytime a number one offense and a number one defense go at it, and you can, you know, we're not number one, but we're, we're up there, top 15, top 20 in most categories, the defense always wins because the physicality, the dominance, the scheme, uh, getting up in the faces of those receivers, pressing them, getting the timing off, right? Getting those first windows throws covered. And then the quarterback usually is throwing in those windows. He's got to hold the ball. Now I'm I'm telling you, we'll we'll be all right. I'm not worried one bit about all this, all these skills and athletes and all this other crap. They got to go do it on January 1st and they got to go block us and they got to, they got to stop our offense too. So as much as I, I don't think they're going to stop us. So uh, I know they're worried over there. Actually, I can say that, and they're probably disappointed because they didn't win the championship, and not in the college football playoffs, So we're going to take it to them.
1: By the way, I don't know if you've if it's made its way down to Southern California. I know you're going to be there at the Rose Bowl, but uh, have you heard the uh, the number of Utah fans that have bought tickets? Dub, it may be upwards of sixty five to seventy thousand Utah fans at the Rose Bowl.
0: I'm telling you, Riles. I tell I was I was singing it yelling it out, it's going to be a sea of red at the Rose Bowl. Everyone that went to Vegas, they're going to go to the Rose Bowl and now people are going to get their Christmas presents from Santa and it's going to be a Rose Bowl ticket and we're just going to, Salt Lake City is just going to roll on, caravan down, come come to the Weddle household, We'll, we'll barbecue it up and we'll make our way to Pasadena and just take over the entire stadium. That's what I'm expecting. That's how we travel. I mean, this is people 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 forget this is our first rose bowl i mean yeah. i got teammates across the country that are flying in for this i mean this is this is monumental Riles. we always watch the rose bowl wishing and dreaming we could play in it right like it was never a possibility and now these men have made it a possibility for all of us e- even though i'm not playing i feel like i'm i'm in the game and and that's what it that's what it's like so uh man i cannot wait i cannot wait the energy the fans are going to give this team, and they've been there every step of the way, the highs, the lows, the adversity, Uh, it's a very unique season, and and I said that this team was meant to have a special season, and uh, what better way to to go win it? Now, whether they do it or not, it's up to those boys, but we're going to try to give
1: them as much energy as we can. Do do you remember what it was like in in Tempe? I mean, I, I don't remember how isolated you guys were, but do you remember... How many Utah fans made that trek to Tempe? Did it oh, yeah. did it dawn on you, or did you find out afterwards?
0: Oh no, I I, I felt it as soon as the game started. It, you couldn't see any Pittsburgh fans. Uh, the whole place was red. Uh, you 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 felt it was it was it, it felt louder and and more people because we had more people there than we do at our home games. And I felt the exact same way. I was telling everyone that I was with Chanel and some of my buddies were there uh, that this felt like this felt like, uh, the fiesta bowl where you could spot little packs of green and yellow. That was it. But everything else was us. And you felt it. You felt the energy, you felt just the, the electric atmosphere, the excitement, right. And it carried over to our players, man. We didn't play it as great as we could have that game. That game could have easily been 50 to zero. Right. Uh, but you know the energy and and picked them up when we needed to, and the ball and the bounce star, you know, all those things accumulated, and I feel fully expect. I mean, that would be sixty thousand plus. I I expect that. And i probably more actually. Ohio State ain't gonna. They don't. They know what's about to happen. They know it deep down.
1: Um, Chiefs or Chargers tonight? Who you get?
0: Uh. It's at it's at uh San it's at Diego? so it's at SoFi, yeah <laughs> uh, uh, not San Diego uh, yeah
1: <laughs> I, I think
0: the chief I think the Chiefs are are you know fi- finally playing what we expected you know at the start of the season for whatever reason they were off off the ball off their game uh, both offensive and defensively I think it'll be a high scoring affair though and, and and San Diego always plays the Chiefs tough and they usually split the games each year uh so i think it'll be a close game but I, chiefs are playing too good right now and uh, you know the chargers have been too inconsistent they finally won their first back to back games this past week but i uh, they're they're it'll take a uh a, a herculean effort by herbert you know i'm talking like three fifty, four or five touchdowns throwing for them to beat him and, and I don't
1: I know he's got it in him, but the way that defense is playing can see I like Casey. That's my guy, Eric Weddle. I cannot wait to see you at the Rose Bowl, brother. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Yeah, baby. Woo! Let's go. Nothing better, babe. You know, get that voice back. Get it ready. Get some tea. Yeah. Rest up a bit. I need you. This is a... Hey, we've been in the Rose Bowl before, but this is your first Rose Bowl call of the Rose Bowl I know.
1: game, baby.
0: So let's be great. I'm gonna do my part, cheering my loudest. You be great when you're calling that game. Hey, and I forgot to tell you, anyone uh, that that prelude of the the pregame gave me chills. Uh, was one of the coolest two and a half minutes, however long the segment was that you did, Rouse. Yeah. I mean, never, uh, I never. I put that up with the all-time greats, man. It was, it was super impressive, and just want to say that to everyone who hadn't listened to it, go listen to it. It gives you chills, and well done, my friend. Well done.
1: Thank you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. You got it, Bob. See ya. Eric Weddle with us here on the Bill Riley Show today, brought to you by Target River Marketing. He was talking about the opens uh, to, the, to the championship game that I did. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.